So my wife tells a story about a time when she was in the grocery store. She was with our two sons, and one of them at that point was about six years old, and the other maybe about three. And as the three-year-old was having a tantrum in the cart and trying to stand up in the cart, so she's trying to grab him and set him down and You know, it's the kind of thing where every time she turned around to get something off the shelf, he'd stand back up or try to. And she was trying to settle him down. She turns around to see that the other has a carton of eggs in the egg section there at the grocery store, and is taking one egg out at a time and smashing it onto the floor. Right? Welcome to toddlerhood and to to an extent early childhood. And I wanted to, even though we've talked about toddlerhood, I wanted to go back and revisit the emotional side of toddlerhood. I mentioned some of this before, but I really wanted to give it a little bit of extra treatment. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Scott Brown. Come talk to me. So we talk a lot of times about the terrible twos. And of course, the terrible twos often happen after the child turns three. And it's a time that the child acts out a great deal. But if we look at it, most of that acting out and most of that emotional turmoil comes from a very natural sort of set of causes. And that is that the child is growing. The child is understanding things more. The child is seeing people do things and get things and open the freezer door and get a popsicle out. And and yet he, she, or they is having a hard time doing that themselves. So it's a time of a great deal of frustration that leads often to temper tantrums and acting out. In addition to that, though, they're not very aware of consequences. They aren't really forward thinking at age three. So they're going to do things like stand up in a grocery cart or smash eggs on a floor, even if they're a little older than three, or not pay attention to where they're running off uh, when out in public or at a gathering or, or that sort of thing. They're not really thinking in a forward way. So then when they, again, are stopped or corralled or harnessed or sat down or whatever, very often then the result is more temper tantrums. In short, the temper tantrums come from knowing that other things are happening or other things are being done by older, bigger people that they can't do and that that's frustrating to them. In addition, the tantrums can come about because of just simply wanting things and being told no and understanding that no for the first time. And so we want to approach this uh, from two perspectives. One that I mentioned in the last episode was sort of that frustration tolerance perspective where we help the child learn or begin to learn that, yeah, you, you don't always get what you want. And there are some rules like you can't touch the stove or you can't go in the street. But at the same time, we want to be supportive of that child when um, he, she, or they become upset. So I'm thinking right now of my grandson, right? And he's a wonderful guy and he's, he's three years old and he's very sweet and very loving, has one of the best smiles you'll ever see on a child. And um, yet, if he doesn't, he's right at a point where if he doesn't get what he wants, he you know, will have a tantrum. And at one point we were traveling, we had gone to see his uncle, uh, our son, uh, graduated from college, and that was in Kentucky. 
and we had stopped in a uh, big truck stop gas station place that had an attached uh, subway restaurant, right? We were going to get sandwiches. And um, he very much wanted to go into the, the store part. He was fascinated with things there. They had toys, they had candy. It was a beautiful place for him. But he was told no. And so he became very sad and he sat down on the floor of, of the restaurant and then laid down and cried very loudly. Right. And of course, you know, one option would have been to say, okay, I'll take him into the store and that's fine and we'll be all right. But another option would be to sit with him, maybe pull him up on your lap if he's okay with that, maybe rub his back maybe rub his hands, maybe be reassuring that you're sorry that we don't get to go into the store, that um, you understand that that's frustrating, that maybe we can go into the store later if we can. We don't want to lie, of course. We don't want to promise something we're not going to keep. Maybe we can go in the store later if he settles down and eats his lunch. Um, but, but it's okay to be comforting and kind and sweet while also holding the line, right? Sometimes we get confused there, right? We get in that spot where we think, well, I'll just, I just have to give in if I'm going to help him not, not have a tantrum in public, or I just have to give in if I'm going to help him not be sad, or I have to be tough and I have to hold the line. I'm, no, you get up over here, young man. And you say, no, 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 no. You can combine those quite beautifully. And in fact, it's a great combination because with that, the child begins to learn that there are rules, but that the rules don't have any negative connotation for how much you love the child or how much you want to care for the child or how much you want to help the child feel better, right? And so with time, then it becomes easier and easier for the child to be told no and then, then know that mom or dad are still loving him, her, or them, still exhibiting care. We're learning to manage being frustrated or delay gratification while at the same time, nobody's mad at me. I don't have to feel like I'm disappointing anybody. I don't have to feel like... Um, I did something really bad. It's sort of that balance. Remember early on in the podcast when we talked about successful parenting being a combination of sort of spoiling the child, but holding the line on discipline in terms of social and academic behavior. Well, this is the, er the early form of that, right? Nope, we can't go into the store part. We have to eat lunch now, but I love you and I'm sorry you're sad and you know, maybe we can go to the store after lunch. We'll see, whatever. But, but, but that sort of combination, right? So keep in mind that this is a place where the magic starts of parenting. Not that it didn't start in infancy with cuddling and holding and talking and all of those things. But in toddlerhood, it really starts. And the magic of saying there are certain things where we hold the line, but... I'm mom or I'm dad, and I can hold the line and still be very sweet and very loving. Appreciate you listening to us today. Uh, pay attention to the show notes. There's a couple of great books on, on child development that we're including in the show notes. And uh, really appreciate you coming to talk to me. I'm Scott Brown. We'll see you next time where we'll talk about early childhood.
Dr. Brown is a licensed psychologist. This show focuses on general parenting advice. If you are concerned that your child might have a mental or emotional illness, please seek help. Your pediatrician's office is a great place to start. Come Talk to Me is by Priority Care Productions. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. To learn more, visit pcpeds.com or see the show notes in the episode description. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week for Come Talk to Me.